Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Finally, Jose Alba gets justice, and I am thrilled that finally the charges have been dropped against the New York bodega owner. First of all, how outrageous that these charges were ever filed. And especially if you look at the video, my God, it's pretty clear what was going on. You see in the video from the surveillance store of that New York surveillance store in Harlem, the Blue Moon store, the guy walks in, Austin Simone, And Austin Simon comes in, goes behind the counter, starts like manhandling and pushing, you know, Jose Alba. And Alba, you could say, you could see, he's like, no, 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 I don't want any problems. I don't want any problems, you know. And then the guy starts pushing him and grabbing his neck. And again, he gets into his space, as I mentioned, behind the counter. And it's all over a bag of chips that Simon's girlfriend's daughter was trying to take, and Alba said, no, 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 you got to pay for it. And it became this huge issue. It became this national major story. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight. First off, I am happy to hear that charges were dropped. I'm actually surprised because soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg didn't seem to have a clue. So he had to drop the charges because there was so much public pressure on this guy. And even Mayor Eric Adams and others were saying this was ridiculous. So I want to hear from you tonight. Why do you think Bragg dropped the charges? Do you believe, like me, it was just a lot of public pressure and the eye was on him so much in the public? Because he didn't look like he was planning to drop the charges. Remember, at first he was doing half a million dollars bail, and then he reduced it to 250, and then he reduced it to a little more. But it is outrageous that he even charged the guy to begin with. And if you listen to the reason that he got him off the hook, he basically said it's because he couldn't prove that it was not self-defense. In other words, he never said, oh, I believe Jose Alba. I mean, what is going on with this DA? And how scary is this for cities across the country? Are you surprised, first off, that the charges were dropped? And why do you think Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg dropped him? I mean, this case made headlines across the country. Everybody was talking about it. So was there just so much attention that he did not have a choice? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. First off, here is Mayor Eric Adams of New York saying his reaction to the charges being dropped. I think in this case, we had an innocent, hardworking New Yorker that was doing his job 
and someone was extremely aggressive towards him. And I believe after the DA's uh, review, the DA, in my opinion, made the right decision. I 1,000% agree. 1,000%. But Frank Garcia, who is with the Latin Chamber of Commerce, said, you know what? He's glad that justice has been served and now Jose Alba doesn't have to spend the rest of his life behind bars. By the way, had he been found guilty, had these charges gone through, had he had to, like, remain behind bars, and again, obviously, if he had been found convicted, he would have had to spend somewhere between 50 to 30 years in prison. He had already spent a few days in Rikers when they arrested him to begin with. But Frank Garcia of the Latino Chamber of Commerce says... You know what? We got to brace ourselves because this could easily happen again in any city across this country. Very happy, very relief. Um, it does open a Pandora box for our membership because we feel that this is not Florida. Uh, the laws really don't protect our members. And it showed us that if we didn't come together, all the different Latino leadership group and the Republican City Council uh, caucus, we would have had a member in jail for 30 years that didn't deserve to be in jail. And he also believes that it was the surveillance video that gave the soft-on-crime DA Alvin Bragg no choice but to ultimately drop the case. Take a listen. You know, I thank the commissioner of small business, um, Kim, for meeting with us, but we need more. We need the governor and the mayor really to have a plan with us. I think that we put a plan to district attorney to do a anti-crime task force and invite the governor and the mayor to be part of it where we really could be able to have cameras at the bodegas. If it wasn't for the camera, a lot of our bodegas can't afford Mm -hmm. to have cameras. That's a big issue. So we're very concerned what happened to those bodegas that don't have a camera Mm -hmm. or they're broken and this happens again. Yeah, what happens if you don't have almost irrefutable evidence? And in the videotape, You see the guy say, I don't want no problems. I don't want no problems. He's trying to diffuse the situation. It's crystal clear. And you've got this ex-con who goes behind the counter and attacks him. And there's gray. And you get arrested for defending your store. To me, it's so outrageous. And the miscarriage of justice, obviously, I'm glad the charges were dropped. It's the right thing to do. But why was he charging him to begin with? That is prosecutorial misconduct. You don't arrest somebody and then decide, is there enough for a case? Let me just kind of randomly see if I can create or build a case because now that I've charged them. The way you're supposed to do it is build a case. Then you say, gosh, I've got a lock solid case that I can put before a judge or a grand jury. And then you present the charges to the defendant. You don't suddenly like arrest somebody and then decide later If there should be any charges against them, if that was the way our system of justice would be, every single person walking around would be arrested and would be in Rikers or somewhere like that. I mean, this D.A. has got just he's just so lopsided with his justice. He has no sense of thinking about the victim. He is only caring about the perpetrator. It is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 
And by the way, in just a few minutes, too, we are going to have on the show the spokesman for the United Bodegas of America, Fernando Mateo. He's going to be joining us to give us his take because he was one of the groups, along with Frank Garcia and other groups, that were very much pushing and meeting with Alvin Bragg and pushing to get these charges dropped on a hard-working citizen, Jose Alba, who was just trying to make ends meet and defended himself And then a soft-on-crime DA threw the book at him. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side of New York. Go ahead, line six. Your thoughts, Mike? How are you, Rita? Yeah, this guy, this bodega guy, don't speak for me, okay? I mean, one day we're going to meet Jesus Christ on our knees, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and mercy will overrule judgment. In other words, we're going to be facing judgment one day for all the oxygen we got for free, for everything God has given us, for for all the wrongs that we committed that God showed mercy to us. Now, hey, Mike, and just we, Mike, Mike, just so we can understand, when you say he doesn't speak for you, you're talking about the uh, the guy, the ex-con who went in, or you're talking about the DA, or you're talking about Jose Alba, the bodega worker who was defending himself. The ex-con was trying to quiet his girlfriend or whatever. He didn't go in there with any intentions to hurt this guy, okay? The bodega owner used the cameras. He knew this guy. He knew this guy didn't have a gun on him. These bodega owners know what you ate two two weeks ago, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. Hang on a second, Mike. Are you saying that the bodega worker uh, wasn't right to defend himself? I'm confused. Where are you going? The bodega guys that I knew, the mama pop stores, the old Italian mama pop stores, they treated you like a, their own kid, okay? First of all, they would never in a million years grab a bag of chips from, from a, a child, number one. They would, not only that, they would, they would make sure that that kid ate. They'd, they'd sit it down. If they were eating in the back, they would bring the kid and the mother in the back. But, and, but, and, but, but and, still, and, Mike, but Mike, that still doesn't justify, and apparently she was trying to pay for it, then her car didn't have enough money, and the guy was sick of people stealing and he just said, you know, listen, I got to, you know, I, I can't have her walk out with the chips, basically, um, and took the chips away. And the woman clearly, the girlfriend clearly got offended, went back, got her boyfriend. It doesn't justify, first of all, he's trying to defend his store at a time where his store is probably being robbed left and right, like every other store almost across America. And two, it doesn't justify him being manhandled. I'm, I'm confused where you're going with this, Mike, real quick. I to say, Rita, did anybody check to see if she had money in the account? Because a lot of these bodegas owners don't take credit cards. Did anybody check to see if his machine was working? Look, look, there's no reason why a bodega owner got to kill a guy for five cents bag of potato chips. Okay, there's no reason in my book. Well, okay? and, my, and, and Mike, day. hang on, hang on, Mike. I do. By the way, I hear your passion, but remember. What he says he responded to was not the five cents potato chips. Suddenly, this guy comes back behind the counters and starts manhandling him, pushing him and shoving him half his age. He's an ex-con threatening him clearly. And at that point, it's not over potato chips. It's over something else. It's over your life at that point. So it turned into something much worse. 
And you're right, boy, it would have been great if it had not happened, certainly. Uh, But there's a lot of different layers to this. But, Mike, I love you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. And also, Fernando Mateo, we'll hear his perspective also after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about murder charges finally dropped against New York City bodega worker Jose Alba. And joining us now to discuss this is the spokesman for United Bodegas of America and a big supporter of Jose Alba and all the bodega workers, Fernando Mateo. Fernando, great to have you here on the show. Thank you, Rita. It's a pleasure being on. You know, bravo. My first reaction was how terrific. Congratulations. What was your reaction when you heard the charges were dropped against Jose Alba? Well, I was pleasantly uh, surprised and and happily um, uh, to receive the news. I got a call from the district attorney's chief of staff early this morning, letting me know that um, he the charges would be would be dropped. Uh, before anyone else knew it. And and it was really a sign of respect, um, respect that I have for Alvin Bragg and respect for, for Jose Alba. You know, the truth of the matter here is that the jury and the judge won. It was the videotapes that really made the difference. If we didn't have videotapes, Rita, this man would have been convicted to 20 to 30 years in jail. It was the videotapes that basically convinced not only New Yorkers, and the state of New York, but it convinced America that Jose Alba was an innocent man, basically defending himself. So when you try, when you when you're defending yourself, when you want to save your life, you know there's nothing against against the law that prevents someone from self-defense. You know this guy really did what he had to do to survive, and he was facing 20 to 30 years in jail. You know, we thank Alvin Bragg for basically doing his investigation and coming out with the right conclusion. He had it wrong the first time. He hit a grand slam the second time. And I'm hoping that this is the turnaround of criminals attacking innocent people in New York City. New Yorkers need to know that this DA will prosecute you. He will go after you and he will make sure that you pay for the crimes that you're committing. I believe Alvin Bragg hasn't had the opportunity to really do his job the way it should be done. And this is the turning point. And we're very pleased that, you know, Mayor Eric Adams supported us from the beginning, supported us right out of the gate. And we are very pleased to know that the verdict is that there will be no charges oppressed uh, against um, against Jose Alba. You know, um, Fernando, uh, obviously great news. And I agree, too, because the video was so clear. What do you believe would happen if there wasn't video? And what are you going to do to ensure that cases are going to be fair in the future? Because what if there isn't a videotape? A lot of the bodegas don't have videos. Well, Rita, I am currently speaking to uh, many different companies that can give us the opportunity and allow us uh, for bodega owners to put up and install their own uh, camera system, their own video systems. because. It's so important that people understand that their word against the district attorney's word means nothing if you don't have proof, viable proof that can get you off the hook. 
in this particular case, if the videotapes weren't as clear uh, as to show that uh, that Jose Alba was self-defending himself, he would have gone to jail. No one would have believed that he stabbed someone in self-defense. Uh, it would have been really a, a tragedy seeing the guy go to jail for the rest of his life when he was attacked by um, by a, a known criminal. So what, do you, what are you going to do? Are you hoping that you can get some more of these videos? And what about also pushing for like a stand-your-ground law like there is in Florida? Well, stand-your-ground law exists in 39 states uh, across America. It's not just Florida. Everyone has the right to defend themselves. Anyone has the right to fight back against criminals. Whoever can stand his ground should stand his ground. And we are pleased that the Supreme Court finally said, you know what? If you're a law-abiding citizen and you, are, and you apply for a weapon in New York City, you should be able to get it. Listen, if bodega owners want to carry a weapon to defend themselves, they have that right. You know, it's like they say, better them than me. If you're going to try to kill me and I can kill you, what's, what's the best option here? That's what happened in the Jose Alba case. The best option was that he was able to save his own life. Now, do you think, Fernando, that the outcome would be the same, uh, the great news that charges have been dropped, if there wasn't the public outcry and the great support from folks like you and your group and other groups that really put so much pressure on this DA, because obviously at first he was intent. I mean, he went forward with very high charges, very high bail initially. Do you think the outcome would have been different if Jose Alba didn't have this great public support? Rita, it wasn't the support, the public support that he had. It was the truth. It was people seeing a video that showed that this man was being beaten up by a younger, stronger man. You know, it wasn't, we don't come out to, to, to basically root for, for an underdog if the underdog doesn't have, the, isn't right. You know, if Jose Alba wasn't right in his position to stand his ground, Fernando Mateo and other groups, uh, United Bottegas of America and other groups wouldn't have come out in his defense. We came out in his defense because we saw exactly what uh, Alvin Bragg saw. And that's what we wanted to show Alvin Bragg is, guys, Look, uh, Mr. District Attorney, look at the video. See what really happened. And use your judgment. Common sense, you know, must prevail here. And uh, and sure enough, it did. So, listen, a lot of people didn't think that Alvin Bragg would come to this decision. I knew it from the first day that I spoke to him. I knew it from the first meeting I had with him. Why? Because he understands that being right is the most important thing, and he got it right this time. You know what? I say, Alvin, let's get it right every time. If someone commits a crime, lock them up. If someone assaults or murders or, or beats up, them, lock them up. You know, don't allow for bail reform to prevail. One thousand percent. Well, bravo and congrats on this great news. Have you talked to Alba? Have you talked to Jose Alba? You know what? I'm giving him his time. The man was in prison. For so long, in his own mind, he was in prison. He's been tortured. You know, he he relives this moment every day. And you know what? He didn't go out to kill anyone. He's not a murderer. He's not a criminal. He's a hardworking, older man that's out there at his age behind a counter trying to serve his community. 
He didn't deserve what he got, you know, and what he got was wrong. But Alvin Bragg finally fixed it. You know, people have the right to get it wrong the first time. They don't have the right to get it wrong the second and the third time. And Alvin Bragg hit a grand slam by getting it right the second time. And um, thanks once again to WABC Radio, John Casamitidis, Rita Cosby, and everyone in New York City who supported Jose Alba because they saw what we saw. Absolutely. Well, he deserved our support. And Fernando, great job, too, with you and your group speaking out so eloquently and so passionately. And we always do what we can to fight for justice. And I'm glad that justice prevailed here. Congratulations, Fernando Mateo, the spokesperson for the United Bodegas of America. Great to have you here. Thank you, Rita. Thank you so much for your support. I will tell Jose when I speak to him that you are up there supporting him 100% and WABC Radio. Absolutely, 1,000%. <laughs> Thanks so Thank much, you. Fernando. Thank you. So what do you make, everybody? I thought it was really interesting what Fernando just said, that the video was the saving grace for all of that. And I agree with him. But even after the video and after the DA saw the video, he still had the charges against the guy. And also, in the statement, the DA said was we couldn't prove that it was not self-defense. In other words, we're not sure if it was. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody, and get your take on all of this. 1-800-848-9222. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Rita Cosby is on. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, sadly, a sad and tragic story coming out of Kansas City, Missouri, where a Missouri police officer died just a few hours ago after he was shot during a traffic stop by a suspect who then fled. Officer Daniel Vasquez, 32 years old was attempting to stop a vehicle for expired temporary tags in North Kansas City on Tuesday morning when the driver's car's driver suddenly shot the officer and then drove away. Officer Vasquez was taken to the University of Kansas Health System. His death was announced just a few hours ago by the North Kansas City Police Department, where he had been an officer since 2021. The suspect then turned himself into police about 70 miles north of Kansas City after a blue alert had been issued for his car. No details about the suspect so far have been released. Other than that, Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas said Tuesday that he was heartbroken, adding all of us in Kansas City extend our sincere condolences to Officer Vasquez's family, his law enforcement brothers and sisters, and the people of North Kansas City further saying that he was a shining star 
in the Kansas City Police Department. What a sad, sad story. And I'm glad that at least the guy has been caught. But what a terrible, terrible, uh, just heartbreaking case. And a reminder that it is always difficult for law enforcement, no matter what assignment they go on, um, and what could seem like a routine stop could turn into a deadly, deadly stop for them. So it's always so important for all of us to support and back our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about the case of bodega worker Jose Alba, who had to defend himself as well. I mean, you sit there and you're listening to the story. And this is the guy, of course, suddenly there it is. It's on July 1st, late at night. Uh, a guy comes in and he is the boyfriend of a woman who was there earlier with her daughter. Uh, they didn't have the money to pay for food. And Alba said, listen, I can't give you the food. You know, I can't give it to you for free, basically. And the next thing he knows, this guy shows up, Austin Simon, who's got a long rap sheet for assaulting an officer, comes behind the counter and attacks him. And you see it on the video. It's pretty clear as day. It was so obvious. And this is what a New York City councilwoman, Vicki Palladino, had to say when she was saying, I can't believe at that point Alvin Bragg had charges against this guy, second-degree murder. Take a listen to what Vicky Palladino said. This man is being hung out to try. We won't allow that to happen. Drop the damn charges. Free Jose Alba. And let's go. We go to Holcomb. We go to Holcomb. And we tell her to sign what it takes to get Alvin Bragg, that incompetent DA, out of office. Bravo. Bravo. I love that fire from her. And Mayor Eric Adams also chimed in. And that, I think, was a big deal, too. What I saw in the video was a, a New Yorker that was doing his job. And that uh, disruption of the job happened because someone was aggressive. And then that videotape of Jose Alba, where you could tell that he wasn't the aggressor. Yeah, He wasn't. Take a listen. Remember this? I don't want a problem. In other words, don't come back here, please. And then the guy comes back there and attacks him. And we know that Bragg filed these charges. And had there not been a public outcry... I bet you Jose Alba would still be rotting away, sadly, in Rikers Prison, which is no cakewalk. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Charges dropped, but still a lot of questions. Let's go to Larry, line two in Brooklyn. Larry, your thoughts? Hey, Rita. I would like to um, address uh, the uh, previous caller, Mike, because he was, he was I think he was uh, coming from a very good place. But I think he was just uh, badly misinformed. First of all, today today is not like uh, the old Italian bodegas. Uh, uh, Bodegas, but uh, what are they they called again? Bodegas, yep, you're right, bodegas. Oh, bodegas, yeah. Okay. The woman, the the girlfriend, this is a game they play. By the way, unless you're Jill, Jill, did you hear Jill Biden the other day called him Bogadas? (laughs) That could be actually the correct one. But anyway, do that as it may. 
Um, you know, this girlfriend, it's a game they play. Okay, they know the card is empty, right? It's not enough that they get all the food stamps Biden is giving them, okay? But once when the card hits zero, what they do is they pretend like they want the chips, and they pretend like, oh, I didn't know there was no. Suddenly it becomes not their fault. It's like, give it to me anyway, you know? It's like I thought there was money on the card. It's a game that they play. They put the ball in the court of the bodega owner, so he has to turn them down. Okay, so it's not like this woman was – she probably knew there was no money on a card. Secondly, okay, there's an expression in the Wild West, this man needs killing. Okay, this guy's 35 years old. He comes in with his, with his girlfriend. She was an accomplice, okay, and this Alba knew. He knew the score. He knew that if he fought this guy, he wasn't just a, a meek guy, okay, you know. He knew if he fought this guy and got the better of this guy, the guy would probably pick out a weapon, okay? So what he did was he didn't do nothing. And sure enough, the weapon was there. The weapon was in the purse of the girlfriend. They came in there ready with a plan. She, she's an accomplice. In other words, if, if, he, if he started losing the fight, he would get stuck by the girlfriend. And she was or trying to stab him, by the way. She did stab him multiple times. And by, that's a whole other thing, too, Larry, because she still has not been charged, which is a whole other issue, too. Now, your point's a good one because I agree with you. There's a, There could be a lot to the story. And even if, by the way, what I was saying to Mike was, even if you believe what Mike was saying, it still doesn't justify what, what the reality is. The guy is a store owner. Uh, he probably didn't want to get ripped off again. He's probably so sick of being ripped off and robbed, like which happens all the time, sadly, in all these stores across America, especially a lot of these bodegas, as you know, unfortunately. And so that happens. Whatever happens doesn't still matter because it's the guy who comes in and goes behind the counter and it starts attacking Alba. No matter what happened, it still doesn't justify him getting into Alba's space pushing him, grabbing him. You see him grabbing his neck, pushing him down. All of that stuff still doesn't justify any of those actions. So to me, what I was saying to, to uh, you know, Mike was, a, and I agree, Mike, I think is always coming from a great place. Um, I think it just was, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whatever the circumstance, if he grabbed the bag out and said, you know, stop ripping me off. Maybe the, maybe they've been there 20 times. Who knows? We don't know. You know, but whatever the case is, doesn't matter. The fact is what happened at that moment and at that moment, according to what I see, it looks like Jose Alba clearly was defending himself. And you hear him saying, I don't want no problems. You just heard the video. You know, you just heard it. You know, and, and clearly this DA uh, clearly made a huge mistake, huge mistake. I mean, I contend, Larry, he never should have charged him to begin with. I mean, what's outrageous, Larry? This is not the way that justice works. You don't charge somebody and then throw them into Rikers and then decide later whether or not it's self-defense or not, or whether you can prove your case or not. You used to, the, the way it's supposed to be, you're supposed to investigate, put your ducks in order, and then you file an appropriate charge based on the information. You don't just randomly arrest people, round them up and throw them in Rikers and then decide what the charge is and then decide later if you can prove it. I mean that that that's like a, we're like a like a third world country if that's the case, Larry. Well, you know something. And another point is is that uh, the police are getting a pass here. You see, Alvin Bragg, like you said, committed prosecutorial misconduct by charging him before he assessed the case. But the police, parallel to Alvin Bragg, when they arrest somebody, they need probable cause. 
there was no probable cause to arrest the guy. Well, but they had they had a, well, they had a dead person. That was why they had a dead person. And at that moment, he was like. You know, they said, okay, we're going to bring him in. But at that point, Alvin Bragg should say, wait a minute, there's a lot of questions to this case. You know, we got to look at it. You know, we got, you know, we're, let's not, like, before we charge them, before we do anything, let's just take a look at it. We've got a dead guy who came in. Uh, we don't see the weapon on him right now, or at least it's not out. Um, you know, so all of these things add up in the mind. And it really goes to Alvin Bragg rushing to judgment and then deciding later, oh, gosh, I bet you he felt so much pressure behind the scenes. Because can you imagine if I'm Lee Zeldin running for governor against Kathy Hochul, I played this ad over and over again. Where's Kathy Hochul been in the middle of all this? Silent. Silent. Larry, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Shelley in Westchester. Shelley, your thoughts on all this. Go ahead, Shell. Hi, Rita. I'm a first-time caller and I'm a big fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Governor Hochul because uh, she has been silent through all this uh, because I think uh, she would be in a catch-22 if she came out and said anything because she'd either have to uh, fire him or he'd resign if she went against him publicly, and if she was with him, it it would be bad for her politically. So um, what I think happened is she she uh, spoke to him privately and said something that uh, pushed him over the edge and uh, made him uh, make the decision to drop the case. Yeah, it would be interesting to find out. That's a great point, Shelley, because we don't know if there were discussions or what those discussions were, you know, in the past. She seems very flexible with him. I mean, she said, remember, I'm going to give him slack when there was criticism about him, you know, months ago. Uh, And here we are many months later, crime is skyrocketing in New York. And, you know, I don't think she should be giving him any slack. But there is something I agree with you. Maybe it was some sort of a conversation with Hochul or something like that. Um, It'd be interesting to see. But she should have come out publicly and condemned it. And she should have also said this should never happen again. And if she did put pressure on him, we should know about that. Because otherwise, it looks like she's kind of shirking her responsibilities. She's been really like like crickets from her basically through this whole thing where Adams has been out there out front. Although Adams isn't the guy who can fire him. You know, Adams can just speak his mind. Uh, but he can't fire him where Hochul can. And you're right. Maybe she gave him like a, hey, listen, I may lose this election because of you, buddy. Uh, If you want to stay in and I want to stay in, uh, this is the way to do it. You know, Uh, we'll see. I mean, I I would would have loved for her to come out because it would have been more sincere, I think, and more public. Um, And it's important, too, to speak out on something like this. I mean, I commend, you know, Mayor Adams for doing that. I think that's important. Uh, Shelly, thank you. By the way, guys, you know, it's interesting, too. Uh, This guy, Austin Simon, this is this ex-con, he, uh, the cousin of the ex-con, came out and she made these comments. This was really interesting. She said that she was upset with Adams for speaking out, saying that his move by talking is going to make it harder in the future and inspire violence against people that just show up at stores, basically, like the guy just showed up at a store, right? And then she basically also said the only person who did not pull out a weapon is dead. And no one's been charged. Like, she feels that justice is not served 
that Alba, absolutely, it looks like, you know, from based on her opinions, sounds like she believes that Alba should have been charged. And that, you know, just because of her cousin's long rap sheet, that shouldn't have any influence on the situation, she says. Well, forget about that. What about him going behind the counter? I mean, this is the mentality of, like, these people thinking, like, what, you're supposed to go behind a counter and attack a store clerk and think that there couldn't be any repercussions? Uh, I mean, that's the mentality. Isn't that astounding? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dominic. Uh, line two. Go ahead, Dom. Hi, Rita. Um, I think the reason the DA drop charges is because he's afraid of a recall. Uh, but but listen, Bragg can't get recalled. A lot of these DAs, Dominic, can around the country. It depends state to state. But in New York, they cannot do a recall. They can in obviously California, and they did do one recently. But it's up to the governor to decide if he should be removed. So he can't. But I think he might have been afraid of maybe Hochul, you know, said something to him privately, like, hey, listen, you know, um, I may consider firing you. You know, maybe there was something like that. Dominic, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Anita, line one. Anita, your thoughts about this? Oh, yes. Hi, Rita. I'm a first time caller. Um, Oh, great. You know. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I do have sort of an angle on this. I mean, you might disagree, but I did. Uh, there was a caller, I don't know it was to the show, a lady mentioned, um, well, it wasn't to, maybe it wasn't to this show. I mean, what would the outcome have been if uh, this um, store clerk, uh, when the girlfriend came in with the wanting to buy the chips and she, whether she tricked him or not, I that's a material but what would the outcome have been if he just would have let her have the, the chips? I mean, you know, you understand the question? Yeah, no, no, no. And and by the way, you're right. On the other hand, that still doesn't justify doing that. It's like, you know, that's like saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have walked her across the street because I would have gotten hit by a car. You know, you know what I mean? Like you can't. It's a, a there's a lot of supposition there. And of course, in hindsight, I'm sure. You know, he even he said that he regretted having to be in that situation. He even apologized, felt bad. But he said, I felt like I had to defend myself. And that's why I killed this guy. Because if you look at the video, the guy comes behind the counter and goes off on him. It doesn't justify somebody going crazy on him uh, just because he took the bag of chips away. And we don't really, you know, we don't know the circumstance. Was it, you know, he's fed up with people robbing. The store has been robbed before. Um, you know, just in general, um, you know, he, you know, maybe gets uh, a lot of slack when somebody gets away with robbing the store or taking stuff. Um, but to go to the extent where the guy shows up and goes behind the counter, nothing justifies that. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what he said or what he did. Um, and we haven't heard that it was like, you know, this horrible thing. He just kind of grabbed the chips away and said, you know, I can't give them to her basically, you know. Um, that doesn't justify this in any shape or form, you know, and, and again, that's all what it could have should. We can't, you know, in hindsight, yeah, you can say a lot of things in life, but it doesn't justify if somebody comes behind the counter and goes into your space, Anita, don't you think he had the right to defend himself? That point, yes, of course, of course. Uh, I do agree with you on all those 
aspects. I, I was just wondering what would have happened. Oh, yeah. No, no, um, no. You're right. You're right. But then, you know, that that could be almost any scenario, you know. And, and again, none of that obviously justifies the response whatsoever. Anita, thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate it. Let's go to Wayne in Ontario. Line three, real quick, Ontario. Yes, it's God, God bless you and God bless all the, the callers in tonight. It's amazing uh, what, what transforms uh, throughout small incidents and what's taking place with Alva, uh, concerning Alva Bragg. Yeah, is, by the way, isn't it wild, Wayne, that all over the world people are talking about this case? It's wild. Oh, yeah, you know, and I'd love to sit down with Mike and Larry in the Yankee Stadium to, uh, for the Yankees to go into the playoffs, game, game three with and I about pay, pay their meals, guaranteed. Wow, that's a, that's a good offer there. That's a good offer. But anyway, Wayne, what do you think on this case? Uh, theoretically, a double double negative. Like he says, he couldn't prove and that it wasn't self defense. I mean, you, it's like prosecutorial injustice. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you go to if you're trying to prepare to run a run a case and you're not even prepared what are the democrats uh, trying to change uh, in this in the specter of all this uh, calamity and chaos and uh, and total uh, uh, destruction I, I don't i don't get it it doesn't make any sense why why they have a, a plan uh, a platform that's trying to destroy the uh, goodness of the spanish people like for jose alba and mateo I'm, I'm glad that it's a victory for the Spanish people as well. They deserve this. They Absolutely. Deserve this. Absolutely. Because- Wayne, thank you. I agree with you. And it's also, you know, it's a, it's a victory for hardworking people across America. Uh, but what is really sad, just as you said, it's overreaching prosecution. And it's as part of this criminal justice reform where they think that people over and over again should be free. And for some reason... They're taking that person's side, that person who has a criminal past, that side was worth more weight to them than an innocent, hardworking person in New York. And the video, they saw the video, too. It wasn't until it became a big public outcry. Like, I don't buy that the video changed everything. I think the video obviously had an impact, but I think they already saw the video and they didn't care. And they went forward with charges. They went forward with charges immediately because that's in their mind they are much more inclined and they seem to be much more helpful to the criminal. And boy, is that a sad place to be across America. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Charges have been dropped against Jose Alba. He doesn't have to spend the rest of his life at uh, beautiful Rikers Prison because D.A. Alvin Bragg, as we all saw in the videotape, decided to charge him with second-degree murder when it looked like self-defense. I mean, there was no question in my mind when I saw it. And yet he charged him and he sat on it, sat on it. Now he came out with a statement a little bit ago saying we can't disprove that it we can't really deny that maybe it was self-defense, essentially, from his statement. In other words, not saying the guy is innocent, but we can't prove that he wasn't there protecting himself. So we're going to drop charges, and they just kind of quietly did it, you know. Boy, what a disaster is this DA in New York and elsewhere across the country and other cities where we have soft on crime DAs. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line four. BJ, your thoughts. 
Hey, Rita, thanks for having me on. So I guess we're supposed to feel great that something that never should have happened that traumatized this man for his whole life was reversed. And we're supposed to feel wonderful about this. This is almost like what the Democrats do. The, the same with the gas. They raise the gas for, to six bucks plus, and then all of a sudden, uh, because it's four fifty, we're we're supposed to say, "Oh, they're so wonderful. Let's vote them in again." You know, this was a completely political decision. She knows that she will not be here. If the stuff like this keeps going on, that is Governor Hochul, she'll be voted out of office, and Mr. Bragg would be fired if she gets voted out. So this is what happened. Uh, this was a political decision, and this poor man, I prayed for him. I was hoping things would work out for him, and I certainly hope that he heals from this horrible, miserable experience and the way he's been treated. Uh, but, you know, this is this is what happens. But I, I have a question for, for Lee Zeldin. Where, where, where was he? Who was that? Who'd you say, Lee Zeldin? Yeah, he disappeared. No, no, no. He came out and said, you know what? I would fire Alvin Bragg from day one. And boy, I wish I was a fly on the wall if Hochul spoke to Alvin Bragg. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Cause your perfume is sweet. skyrocketing across America. Just in the last few hours, some new data numbers coming from the NYPD showing that in New York City, uh, from this year to last year, crime's gone up 37%. The big spike is driven by grand larceny, which is up 49% over last year. Auto theft, 46%. Robbery, 39%. Felonious assault, 18%, and rapes up 11%. Those are some scary numbers, guys. So it's in that climate that Jose Alba is just trying to be a hard-working guy at a bodega in Harlem, the Blue Moon store. There he is late at night, and he's trying to make sure that he keeps an eye on his property since they have been robbed at that store, as probably every bodega in New York probably has at this point given the climate that we've seen and the numbers that I just was reading to you. And he goes and defends himself and gets charged. And now, thank goodness, in the last few hours, the soft on crime DA, Alvin Bragg, who never should have charged this guy to begin with, remember the 61-year-old employee was sent to Rikers on second-degree murder charges, 
and first his bail was $500,000, and it was lowered to $50,000. He was later out on a $5,000 bail bond, but come on. If you look at the video, you see that the guy was defending himself against an ex-con that was out of control and was pushing and shoving him and probably about to kill him if Alvin Bragg didn't kill him first. And it is astounding to me that D.A. Bragg took so long to drop the charges and just kind of quietly did it, you know, just kind of quietly. Still didn't even be basically say that the guy was innocent. He just basically, and he didn't apologize for what he did to this guy. I mean, this is not the way to do justice, charging people and then deciding later if there's a case. I mean, to me, this is so incredible. And if it wasn't for the outcry, this guy would absolutely, I believe, be behind bars. And it makes me think, how many other Alvin Braggs are out there because of these soft on crime DAs like Alvin Bragg and others across the country? It is outrageous. Well, one of you right before on the call was talking about Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin is the current congressman from New York who is running against Kathy Hochul for governor. And Lee Zeldin has been pretty vocal about the Jose Alba case because he has been very clear what he thinks of D.A. Alvin Bragg. Take a listen to what he said. This would be the first thing that I would do on day one as governor come January is to fire the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. The governor of the state of New York has the constitutional authority to remove a district attorney who refuses to enforce the law. Alvin Bragg has been doing this since day one when he first took office. All sorts of crimes across the board he's refusing to prosecute at all. Other crimes he's prosecuting as lesser offenses. If you, as a district attorney, want to change a law, you bring your case to the state capitol, you state your argument, you try to change the law. But you have a duty to enforce the law. That's the oath that you take. And he's refusing to do his job. So I would remove him. It would be the first thing that I would do my first day in office. Wow. So what happened in this case, do you think, to make Alvin Bragg drop the case? Do you think there was a lot of political pressure on him? We know that the mayor, Eric Adams, the Democratic mayor, was saying this is not right, that this guy looks like self-defense. We have to protect our bodega worker. So he clearly was sympathetic to the bodega worker. Uh, But he can't fire him. Hochul could. She hasn't said anything. So I'm curious what was really going on behind the scenes in this particular case. By the way, later on in the show, we're also going to talk about Eric Adams now calling on President Biden as, guess what? Just like in D.C., we were talking about it yesterday, Muriel Bowser complaining about all the migrants that are flooding the shelters in Washington, D.C. Well, now Eric Adams is calling on Biden to do something because the shelters in New York are now being overrun by migrants, and he says it's a big problem. Well, welcome to what's happening to every state across this country because of that open border policy of President Biden. And he wonders why his poll numbers, and including some new ones that came out today, are like really rock, rock bottom, even among Democrats. No wonder Kamala and Gavin Newsom and all these others are saying, God, 2024 looks like a good year for them to run. We're going to talk about that later on in the show because this president has just been all over the place and allowing people like these soft on crime DAs to operate. And even Frank Garcia, he is with the Latinos Chamber of Commerce, came out and said, you know what? 
This is not working for average, hardworking citizens in this country. He brought up the case of Jose Alba, but he just said the whole system is just a mess. And he blames it on a lot of the Democratic systems. Look, we understand the mayor's trying to do as much as he can, but it's a broken system, a system that was broken. And unfortunately, the Democrats have not sat down with us. The governor hasn't sat down with us, so the Republicans are. So we don't want to play political um, football with one of our members, but it's their fault. They're not listening to the Latino community, the other communities they listen to. So our our members could have got killed, and then they'll come in and, and go to the barrier. We don't want that. Our member could have got killed that day, and what they're doing is 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 not helping him. And I believe the mayor has been very good in allowing us to meet with the DA in one of his events and being able to give us a voice. But the governor has not sat down with us. I text the lieutenant governor, and he's not even responding about this issue. So that's why you got the supermarket association, one of the largest Latino organizations, asking, saying that the district attorney has his, his, his head in the sand. How sad is that, that they were not even willing to meet? The governor wasn't even making the time to meet. And you didn't hear her making any of these statements out there condemning what happened to Jose Alba, the bodega worker. And Frank Garcia said today that he believes that this starts all the way from the top, that the top leadership in the Democratic Party has no clue. There's a lot of concerns right now. To me, this is really I'm going to lose sleep even more now because I'm very concerned the future of of Latino businesses in New York and nationally. And the White House has to have a plan. I don't see the president having a plan of crime nationally. This is a national issue. It's not just New York. It is a national issue, and they don't seem to have a handle on it. And they're letting these guys, like Alvin Bragg, just kind of freewheeling. I mean, what kind of system of justice? This is something that you hear in like, like a dictatorship where they suddenly arrest you and then they try to come up with a charge later or to back up evidence to create the charge, you know? I mean, that's basically what he did. And I think he owes Jose Alba an apology. And we need to get an explanation as to why he ever thought that he could bring charges to begin with. That's not the way justice works. And it makes you wonder, first of all, clearly, the way he sees justice. How scary is that, that the DA in New York sees justice through the lens that the ex-con who went behind the counter and attacked the guy, that that's the one that he should give deference to as opposed to the hardworking employee behind the counter. That, to me, is stunning, and that just says it all. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony in Brooklyn, online, too. Tone, what do you think? Well, you, you know, Rita, it goes back to when this city was in ashes from Dinkins, and Giuliani came in, and made this city back to the greatest city in the world. And how did he do it? He worked, and he gave the cops the ability to do their job. And now you have, here's this guy, de Blasio. This is the biggest joke. The other day, he says, well, I'm dropping out of the race for whatever he was going to go for. Right. By the the way, by the way, what did you think of that tone? When he dropped out, it was like, oh, that's right, you're running. Yeah, it was like yeah, all, of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden he had an epiphany for eight years. He destroyed this, this city. And I'm tired of Republicans, and I'm a diehard Republican, Rita, but I am tired of seeing these Republicans on Tucker, on Hannigan, talking a tough talk. And then every Monday morning, 
The Republicans have a platform that they can have press conferences, and they can categorically go down every blue state and black-on-black crimes, and nothing is being done. But they don't do that. The people of America have to be told, and they have to see this constantly, that we're going downhill. And let me tell you something. In November, if there's that red wave that I make Bovina prayers for, if it does happen, we still got two years of this grandpa. And then if he gets thrown out, who are we going to have? Harris? This one's worse than anybody you've ever seen. Well, that's why that's why if there is a Republican House, they can at least block what the president's trying to do. Right now, they can't block anything because they just don't have the votes. They don't have the numbers. Um, so they can at least do blocking and clearly look ahead and do investigations. They can do a lot of these things that they can't do anything right now. But I agree with you, by the way, about Giuliani. You're right, because he had really um, just a tight grip on the city and appreciated what law and order meant. I mean, he got it. And also the other thing, Tony, he was also in the broken windows theory where it was like, let's go after somebody for some of the more minor crimes and stop them and send a message that no matter what you do, if you do a lesser offense, you're still going to pay a price. And that way you don't kind of keep working up to higher crimes. And that's what's happening now. All these repeat offenders that even Eric Adams talks about. Eric Adams talks about how so much of the crime in a city like New York, and I just read the numbers, that they're 37 percent up this year crime, overall crime and, and serious crime. That's a big deal. And that. It is mostly these people who are over and over and over again committing crime. So it makes sense to try to stop them in their tracks to teach them a lesson. And this DA is sympathetic, it seems like, to the criminals. I mean, even after all this, he didn't even apologize to Jose Alba or say, gosh, you know, maybe we saw it wrong. Not at all. He just said we can't prove that it wasn't self-defense. And since that's the case, we're not going to press charges. That should have been his mindset at the very beginning to justify why he never should have pressed charges. I mean, right away, if you look at it, if you're going to press charges against somebody and throw somebody in Rikers and you see the clearest day on the videotape what happened, you know, boy, think about if there was no videotape, how scary this would be, how scary the justice under Alvin Bragg would be. Wow. Tony, thank you very much. By the way, all of you, I also always love reading your messages that you send into social media, too, as well. And uh, you can follow me at Rita Cosby. Send in your comments to at Rita Cosby on Twitter. Uh, But Sal wrote, given Alvin Bragg's hug a thug ideology, Rita, he would have prosecuted Jose Alba no matter what proof of innocence existed. For Bragg, criminals are innocent until proven innocent innocent and law-abiding citizens are guilty until proven guilty. Wow, very interesting, Sal. Great point, and I love that hug a thug, because you're right, that is what he's doing. He is hugging a thug, and that puts every city in danger. And that's why this case, I think, got so much attention, because people were just fed up, and it epitomizes just this loony kazuni mentality of these soft-on-crime DAs. Let's go to Steve. In New Jersey, Steve Line 8, your thoughts about it? Locked it, bitch. Oops. Yes, Rita? Steve, Steve, hang on. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Rita. Steve, yep, go ahead, Steve, real quick. Yeah. Thank you very much. You guys do a hell of a job. As far as that DA over there, 
He does nothing. He will never do anything. He's in, he's he's with that Hochul. Hochul did nothing when the governor was there. You, what do you expect now? You're not going to get anything from neither one of them. To, to me, they both of them deserve to be put out of office, and New Yorkers should put them out of office. Well, that's why, and Steve, thank you, because that's why I believe a lot of people, I think, are going to be thinking about this case when they go to the voting booth. And I think that's why I wouldn't be surprised if Hochul did try to at least have some influence on Bragg, because if he kept the charges on this guy, uh, now they can say, well, he dropped the charges. He just needed further investigation. I don't think it should be let go like this because it was so clear his intent. And it was like he was like sort of sneaking around in the hen house and got caught. Um, and I think that this case should be repeated over and over again because it is so atrocious and so indicative of this twisted mindset. Let's go to Nick in Toronto. Nick, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. What do you think, Nick? It's interesting to get perspective from Toronto. Okay. First of all, I, w- I want to give you my compliments on the way you present your show, your personality, everything. You're 150 percent. Thank you. Like Thanks, show. Nick. Thank Too bad you. we don't have people like you in our country. Thank and, you. Uh, well, by the way, and you can listen to it. We stream too. Remember, we go online. So you can get it online too as well. I'm on the internet. That's how I Great. get Great. But anyways, I grew up with a guy that calls in every every night. That's just a basket case, and so I feel your pain. <laughs> You, you know who I'm talking about. I think I got. A, I, I'm not sure. I got a couple ideas, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The guy with the S. But anyhow, <laughs> um, first of all, Alan Bragg. Yeah, I, I don't have words for this guy. He's just totally incompetent. Um, he should be removed immediately. And Fernando Mateo, all due respect for him. Why is he praising Bragg? He should be denouncing him. I, I, I don't understand. I think, I think, well, two things. I think Fernando is trying to be delicate because he met with Bragg and maybe wants to just be at least respectful of the, you know, of the office of DA or whatever. I can speak my mind because I'm a host. Um, you know, obviously everybody has different opinions. He did voice that he was very disappointed in Bragg. He did voice enormous support for Jose Alba. Um, so, so Fernando's definitely been on the right side of this issue in terms of defending Jose Alba, 1,000%. On the other hand, you ask the question about why is Bragg still there? And, uh, you know, it's it's astounding that that Hochul um, had not spoken out the governor and the sort of soft on crime system that we're dealing with. It's really bringing down. It's bringing down so many cities in this country. Do you feel it in Toronto, by the way? Do you feel it in Canada real quick? Uh, I mean, we have a lot of Looney Kazuni politicians, but... Not to that extent, not or, or, or we call them uh, crown attorneys, but um, not to that extent. Like I mean, Alvin Bragg is just totally out of whack. Although totally you did have you did have Trudeau, remember who wasn't uh, protecting uh, the uh, the uh, truckers? I remember that whole right? deal. You remember that? Oh, that guy's a total clown, and I, I, you know, I just question people like, why did you vote this guy back in? Or he's not like a real prime minister. He's he's like. Uh, he's a minority prime minister in a sense that he doesn't call all the shots, but he made a deal with uh, the uh, Mr. Singh or whatever you want to call him. And it's really it's pathetic the way our politics are. Well, and, like, and by the way, same with the same with us here, Nick. I'm telling you, it is such a mess. And that's why uh, with the midterms coming up and there is a big governor's race, 
these are important, important decisions for people to make. I mean, really important. Um, and uh, I'm I'm glad that you're tuning in, though, Nick. It makes me so happy to know that you're listening to the show every night. That makes me so happy. Thanks so much. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about the fact that the border crisis, we all knew it, that they were sneaking in people in the middle of the night on those flights to Westchester County Airport, into Newark, and all over the country. And now the border crisis is coming to basically every state, making every state a border state. Thank you, President Biden, and your open border policies. Because Mayor Eric Adams is now saying that shelters in New York are being overrun by these migrants that are sh- suddenly showing up in New York City. Remember yesterday we were talking about Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C., complaining that the migrants are suddenly showing up and taking over the resources and that they need help from the federal government. Well, it sounds like a lot of these liberal city mayors are now getting a taste of what the ranchers and other people in Texas deal with every single day with these migrants crossing every single day. Uh, I have a hard time having sympathy uh, when we realize what's going on across the country. And maybe this will put some pressure on Biden and others to figure something out and maybe to stop the flow at the border. I doubt it, but I want to take your calls when we come back as to what you think of that, that things are now so bad that even Mayor Eric Adams and the D.C. mayor are complaining. Uh, let's go to Dave on line two. We're talking about Alvin Bragg dropping charges against the bodega worker. Go ahead, Dave. Rita, your, your comments on Alvin Bragg are right on point, and I'd like to go a step further. I think Alvin Bragg's a criminal, and the crime is official misconduct, which is right in our penal law, Section 195. You know what, Dave? Dave, I actually think that there could be some grounds for uh, prosecutorial misconduct because it is overstepping the grounds. Yep. When a public official does what he's not supposed to do, that's official misconduct. Mr. Alba was threatened with great bodily harm. When you and this is settled law in New York. Now, when let me, let me, Dave, let me ask you. Bodily harm, you have every right to use deadly force to defend yourself. So, Dave, Mr. Um, Bragg knows this. Dave, hang he on. Knows it. Dave, hang on, just because we have a few seconds left. Do you believe that Alba has a case? Maybe if he wanted to do a lawsuit, I'm not thinking. I don't know if he is, Alba, but it's it, it, this is a crime. The people have to prosecute Mr. Bragg. Uh, Hokel the Yokel is supposed to call the the, uh, Attorney General, Letitia James, and demand that she prosecute Mr. Bragg. Very interesting. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Livingston County, New York, where Jason Skinner, he's director of the Livingston County Veterans Service Agency, was inducted into the New York State Center Veterans Hall of Fame during a ceremony that took place this week. Mr. Skinner, a U.S. Army Iraq War veteran, was recognized for his tireless service to his fellow Americans. As a director of the Veteran Service Agency, he made it a priority to advocate for funding for veteran services and programs particularly those aimed at preventing veteran suicide. Sadly, by the way, Livingston County, New York, at one time had one of the highest rates of veteran suicide in New York State. And at the ceremony, they said that Jason's devotion to his fellow veterans is recognized across the state and the country. His efforts to help veterans struggling with depression and mental illness save lives. And that in combat, the members of our military never leave a soldier behind. And Jason has adopted that credo as his mission in life. And what a beautiful thing to see him inducted now into the New York State Veterans Hall of Fame. What a beautiful thing. Well, a lot of our military are at the border protecting our border. And things are getting really messy. We have had almost two million illegal immigrants crossing our southern border. What do you think of President Biden's border policy and also his gas policy, his security policy? Because overall, there have been so many issues this week where we've talked about the open borders and we've also talked about with President Biden, the fact that he's going over to Saudi Arabia begging for oil. Meanwhile, back here, he should be opening the spigots. And I think he has put us in such a dangerous, such a precarious position. And now things are so bad with this open border policy that even liberal mayors across America are starting to complain. Uh, It is so bad because remember yesterday, Washington, D.C.'s mayor, Muriel Bowser, said that migrants are being tricked that they're being shipped by Governor Abbott of Texas. And I say bravo to him that he's trying to bring the issue to different mayors across the country and different cities and different legislators so they see how bad the situation is in Texas. Don't just have Texas and all these other sort of border states bear the burden. They want to show them to everywhere else. So he's putting them on buses and he's sending them to places like D.C., sending them to New York, sending them all over the place so they get an idea of what it's like to be overrun by migrants because that's what they say they're dealing with every day at the border. And just recently, we heard from D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. This is what she said about the number of migrants that she says now are overrunning her city. The uh, Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up um, and groups were getting overwhelmed by these buses that the governors of Texas and, and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. How significant is this influx? How many people? 
Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks, um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America. Oh, you know what? I hate to say it. I don't feel bad. They're coming into this country. They're not supposed to be here. They're getting in here for free. They're getting services for free. And Muriel Bowser is complaining because she feels bad for the migrants that are now filling up the shelters It's obviously paying, you know, a big, big tax on citizens. And you see it in the school systems. You see it in the healthcare system. You see it everywhere else. It's costing a whole bunch of money. But I think it's actually sending a really powerful message that now Democratic mayors are coming out and saying, President Biden, please help us. And she's not alone. Uh, because there are a number of others across this country that are doing the same thing. What is your reaction to the fact that now these mayors are coming out and saying, oh, please help us, Biden, please help us? Do you think it's going to make any difference, especially now that we're heading into a big election in November? Because you know it's got to be bad if the D.C. mayor, who's one of the most liberal mayors in the country, is doing that. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And the polls are showing that people are fed up. I mean, if you look at some of the border numbers, it's so obvious that President Biden has had a big old neon side and said, yeah, come on in. No big deal. Nothing to worry about. Come on into the country. Not a problem. He is not stopping people at the border. And we're talking about an increase that's going on with coronavirus and all these other issues, they're not checking them at the border for what their health status is. They're not checking them even for their criminal status. They are just allowing people to come into this country and not caring. And now, suddenly, it's these D.C. mayors and New York mayors and others that are going, oh, my gosh, suddenly thousands upon thousands of people are showing up in their cities and they're trying to figure out what they can do with it. Well, can you imagine what it's like if you are living in Texas and dealing with this every single day? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I have a hard time feeling sorry for a lot of these folks because they've just said, oh, yeah, come on in. No problem. Not an issue. Nothing to worry about. Come into the country. And then when it's at their front door. Then they suddenly have a problem. Then they suddenly have an issue with it. That is such hypocrisy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Mayor Eric Adams talking because now he's saying in New York, they have suddenly realized that they have about 3,000 of them arriving in recent weeks into New York City and that they're overrunning a lot of the shelters Uh, They're trying to figure out how they can keep up with supplies. They're not saying, listen, send them back. That's the irony of it all, guys. They're not saying, no, no, no. They're saying, give us more resources so we can take care of all these people and give us even more so we can take care of even more of them coming into the cities. 
They're not saying we want to send them back. They're not saying, oh, this is a huge problem with this open border. No, they're saying, give us more money so we can maybe take care of all these people. And if you want to send more in, that's no problem. Just give us more money for them, too. Does that make any sense? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Mayor Eric Adams talking about what now he is seeing an overrun of migrants in New York City. How are we making sure that they have like food and diapers and all that kind of stuff? Uh, there you are. You, you, you are hitting on those topics of why we're reaching out uh, to the federal government and stating uh, this is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, we already, as I stated, we already have an overburdened shelter system. So now we're talking about as you stated, food, clothing, school. This is going to impact our uh, our schools because we do not turn away individuals because they're undocumented. Uh, translation services. There's just a whole host of things that this is going to produce, and that's why we need we need help and getting this done, and we need the right coordination to make it happen. Yeah, they're not saying you know what, send them back. Open borders is a huge problem. Oh no. That's not the issue whatsoever. They just want more funds so they can have more of them come to their cities. This is nuts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line two. Norm, your thoughts about this? Oh, yeah. I mean, my thoughts are about um, Mayor Bowser. I think that's her name. Yes. Of uh, Washington, D.C. Um, you know, I think it's uh, unfortunate and that, you know, there's a tent city at the Union uh, Amtrak station with thousands and thousands of homeless people uh, living in tents outside that station. I think it's terrible that they have to share their tents now with all those illegal migrants. Oh, very interesting. Touche. You know, Norm, you and I have talked about that because I know when I have gone to D.C., just like you said, I, I, I used to work in D.C., and I never remember it being like overrun, like a huge homeless city. It's like San Francisco. Um, you remember there was this footage that we all saw like a week or two ago of these kids having to walk by like a homeless druggie encampment uh, when they got off the school bus. There was this footage of that that like shocked the country last week. That's the same thing they're dealing with in New York. It's the same thing they're dealing with in D.C. And you're right. It's like it's like, uh, you know, it's like what is right in front of you? And you're complaining about that. And the answer to them is not, boy, maybe we have to get a handle on illegal immigration. No, the answer for them is we need funds to be able to handle as many people as possible. Like they would, they're not even condemning the border problem. My first thought was, God, maybe they'll get a wake up call. You know, that, that was my first thought, Norm. Like maybe they will use this to realize how bad the border crisis is and how serious it is. But they're actually saying, no, we need to make sure we get more funds, as you just heard right. uh, from Mayor Adams, for blankets and for this. And, and, and to your point, maybe more tents in D.C., you know? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, these hard, the hard lefties, you know, they, they want open borders. And, uh, you know, kumbaya, one world government, let everybody in. And, uh, you know, no borders. Yeah, that's a scary place. That's a scary place to be. Norm, thank you very much. Let's go to Fred in Middletown. Go ahead, Fred, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I got two main points. Firstly, the Republicans have to work on their messaging, which means 
just now, you played the clip of, of Mayor Adams talking about undocumented. Uh, they're undocumented. Yeah, we're not going to turn them away because they're undocumented. But Norm just pointed out, no, they're illegal migrants. Repub- this, is, this is a big, big deal. It's one of the Democrats' most powerful tools is their wording, and the Republicans have to fight back. I want to make one more point, and that is that the, everyone blames our problems on the president. Which is most likely he deserves a lot of blame, but we got to remember there's a lot of people behind him, like Pelosi and the other all the other hooligans over there. They hide behind him. They're happy that there's a senile president. He's taking all the blame, and they're running this country into the ground. So I think we got to wake up to that also. And people have to realize their vote counts. Got to vote these people out, but it's got to be a better system for the voting anyway. Those are my two points. No, great points, Fred. And, and you're right. The messaging does need to be better. Um, and they also need to make, speak out and be really clear about it, too, because you're right. Sometimes they, I think they assume people understand that. And two, just like you said, you're right. Uh, every vote counts. And people voted, as we were talking in the last segment, about Alvin Bragg, the soft on crime DAs. People voted for him. This is what he said he was going to do, and he's doing it. Um, and that's why it is so important to get to the voting booth in November and vote for people who you think care about your security, your national security. By the way, I want to play this clip too, guys, because this to me is stunning. John Kirby was asked, okay, what do you think really is sort of like one of the biggest threats to security? And you would think it'd be border. You'd be think it would be like maybe Iran. I could give a huge list right now, you know, Russia. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. Uh-uh, to your point that you just said, he basically came out and said, no. It's climate change. Take a listen. You've long talked about how uh, climate change is a national security issue uh, for the country. I'm wondering if you uh, view this as a national emergency and if you believe that executive actions uh, that will be announced uh, are enough of a message to send to the world that the U.S. is indeed serious about climate change. I don't have, I'm not going to get ahead of any announcements. Um, uh, on specific um, actions with respect to, to climate. But let me take a step back. I mean, the, the, the Pentagon has noted, um, not just in this administration, but even the previous one, that climate change is a national security uh, issue. Not only does it affect our infrastructure, and you're already starting to see military bases like Norfolk Naval Base having to invest millions of dollars uh, to try to improve their infrastructure because of rising sea levels. Um, so it has an impact on our infrastructure. It has an impact on our readiness because uh, you, and you're seeing it now, even in the wildfires, uh, where, where so many National Guardsmen are being called out, and 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 uh, God love them for that. But they're those are important tasks and missions. But it takes away from other tasks and missions when it comes to defending the United States. So is everybody thinking? Okay, well, climate change is absolutely the biggest threat to what's happening in this country right now. And this comes on the heels, by the way, with gas prices, as we're seeing, still high, dropping slightly, but still high. Pete Buttigieg basically says, you know what? The benefits of an electric vehicle far outweigh the pain that you're dealing at the gas pump. In other words, you need to feel the pain because we have this vision of going green and you're just going to come with us for the ride. And even if you have a little bit of pain, don't worry about it. Eventually, you'll see some benefits. It'll all be worth it because we want to change everything to go green. America is based on fossil fuels. They don't get it. And our borders are supposed to be protected. 
and this president doesn't get it. And that's why in this new poll that just came out a little bit ago, guys, the Biden approval rating, this is a CNN poll, 38 percent approve, 62 percent disapprove. And basically seven out of 10 Americans feel that the president is not doing enough on the most pressing issues of the day. It's the Rita Cosby Show. of the cars they are coming on cars buses planes to cities near you we're talking about the migrants and now it's gotten so bad that even democratic mayors are speaking out but they're not condemning the president's border policies that open border policy oh no they're just saying we need more funds because these illegal immigrants are flooding into their shelters because of course they're getting dropped off into different cities they have nowhere to go So they're coming to many of the shelters, uh, don't have anything. Listen, I feel bad for these people who come. It's it's a great country. I don't blame them for wanting to come to America. But they get plopped in these cities. And now these cities are saying, President Biden, not close the border, which would be the logical thing to do. What they're saying is we need more money so we can basically take care of them. And any more you want to send our way. What do you think about that? And boy... What a national security mess. And when you ask even the Pentagon, what's the big issue? There's a lot of things I think our military is worried about right now. They say climate change. That's the fight. That's the fight. Not Iran, not Russia, not Syria, not any of these other things. Uh Uh-uh. It's climate change. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to to Michael in Dallas. Line four. Go ahead, Mike. Hello, Rita. I've been working with child abuse and trafficking for over 30 years in the area. I'm scheduled to go down to the border in September to do some humanitarian work. But here's something that no one is talking about or thinking about. Until June of this year, over 300 people died trying to cross the border. In 20 and 21, there was not that many that cumulatively now. What has happened to our weather since June in this part of the country? The heat indexes are 120-something degrees on the border and in the desert. The humanitarian crisis, we're going to find bodies everywhere, Rita, and no one's talking about that. No one's protecting these people from the Biden administration. Where's their humanitarian call in all of this? That's a great point, Mike, because you're right, because the sweltering heat, you know, many of them are like hiding out. um, And you're right. It's just, you know, they don't come with a lot of food or water. And they're dehydrated or or they just die in the desert. I mean, it's a really it, it's a catastrophe. And you're right. Uh, that's a great point, because I think we will, sadly, with these heat, this huge temperatures that they're dealing with and also with the invitation. I mean, the invitation from this president, Michael, to come to the border, uh, basically like a big wide open neon sign. How is that being sympathetic to these people if it's not being done in an organized way? And you just talked about uh, being in human trafficking. So many of these people uh, go through the horrible stories. I mean, first off, obviously, as you said, sadly, tragically, some of them die. But some of them are also, you know, sent into sex labor. Um, Just these horrible stories of what happens on both sides of the border. 
um, when they get there, and then whoever handles them on this side, the coyotes. I mean, it is it is heartbreaking. And you're right. How is that humane? That that's a superb point, Mike. Thank you very much. Let's go to Stan, line seven. Stan, your thoughts. Immigration reform. Where the hell have the Republicans been for the last twenty years? Nowhere. They've done nothing. Trump did nothing on immigration. Putting up a wall did nothing. As to the point that these people are coming over and dying, I suppose that's the president's fault. That's climate change, and we need to do something about it. The Pentagon is right. It's a national security issue, and it's going to get worse in all of the area, in all but, of the but country. But, Stan, Stan, you got to admit, an open border and the situation that it is right now, it's not good for this country. It's a national security risk. And it's also dangerous for those people coming across, that it needs to be done in an orderly way. And right now, these coyotes, these cartels, they're making huge money, Stan. I mean, how is that helping these people? Tell me something. Where have you? You always say, where have you been for the last twenty years? These people have been coming over the hey, border. Hey, Stan. Left Stan. And right. Stan. What let are you me. Stan. About? Stan. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you been to the border? Problem for forty Stan, years. Stan. 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 Hang on. How many times okay. have you been to the border? How How long have you been out there with the deputies at the border? I've been to Texas a couple of times. Have yeah. you been out there at the border with the deputies? No, I have not. And okay, so then let me talk uh, because since I have, okay, so when I've been out there. They are outmanned, they're outgunned, and that's prior to this big, wide-open neon sign that President Biden has created. You seem to think this guy walks on water, and he has created a national catastrophe at our border. Anybody can see that. Even you can see that, Stan, real quick. No, nobody walks on water, even even Biden. But don't cry to me that this has always been the Democratic Party. This is the Republicans who controlled Congress for 25, 30 years, did nothing. This is their fault as well as the Democrats. They've done nothing. Trump really did a damn thing of nothing. Well, well, here's two things. Two things. I will agree that Republicans and Democrats in Congress, they haven't been able to resolve immigration. You're right on that. I disagree on Trump because he putting up the wall there, keeping remain in Mexico. All the things he did definitely were a huge impediment to illegal immigration and definitely kept things in check. The numbers were dramatically downstand. That is irrefutable. And three, this president, he doesn't even know where the border is. He hasn't even gone to the border. He doesn't even seem to care to make it for a trip. Maybe you can show him since you're the expert, Stan. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.